Praise the Lord. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Are you happy? Yes, sir. Or is it just an automatic answer? Yes, because you're in church. <laughs> Are you genuinely happy? Yes. I'll tell you why I'm happy this morning. This uh, is it morning, afternoon? Yeah. I don't know what happens to me when I come in the presence of God. The pressures outside there seem to vanish. And I feel like I should remain here because I know when I go there, something will look like heavy on my shoulders. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let us celebrate. We are in the presence of the mighty God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Father, we thank you this afternoon. We honor thee almost high. Father, we are in your presence. We desire that you minister to us that which your purpose to minister to us today. Speak as you have desired. Speak as you have purposed. Touch those that you have targeted this afternoon, Lord. There is something that you have for each one of us, oh my Father. And I pray that King of glory, that our inner ears shall be alert to what you are speaking to us. I pray, King of glory, that you be sensitive to what you're ministering to us this afternoon. Let your spirit minister to each one of us in accordance with our expectations, Lord. We give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. First, I don't know that this is funny, but uh, last week, when the pastor was sharing and he seemed to zero in on the Lord's prayer, it seemed to have touched me in a different way. Praise the Lord. So what happened? We went for our cell meeting. And then I was supposed to close. So normally we say the grace. And because that message was so loaded, I ended up telling the fellowship, let us say the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for a while, everybody was like wondering what's happening today. And then I realized, oh, it's supposed to be the grace. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so it looked a bit strange, but I just want to thank God because there was a reason why God wanted us to revisit that area in our lives. Not that we are going to share about it today, no, but I'm just reminding you that what was shared in relation to our relationship with God that day, we need to re reflect over it over and over. Praise the Lord. Uh, because when God is speaking to you something, there is a reason why. There is a reason why God wants that relationship to grow stronger. Praise the Lord. Remember some time back, he had talked to us about his presence. You remember that? Being in his presence, eh? Yeah. So God wants something from you and me in this year, 2022, the year of our Lord. And it's not a question of service. It's a question of relationship. It's a question of relationship. Building your relationship with God to a level that you become a friend of God. Praise the Lord. You remember Abraham? Uh, Brother Abraham related with God until he reached a point. 
God was always troubled. You know, when you have a close friend and you don't share with them your secrets, sometimes you feel like you're betraying that friendship. Isn't it? If, if you have somebody very close to you and there is something that you want to do, it doesn't feel good doing, going ahead to do it without at least sharing with that person. And so that kind of relationship that God developed with the Abraham is the kind of relationship that God wants us to begin to work on now as a church, as an individual. So we don't want to say we the bread of life, but rather I, Kenneth, and the Lord. Praise the Lord. I and the Lord. And as we relate to him through prayer and closeness, God will minister to us in a greater way. This afternoon, I want us to share on something from captivity to your dreams. From captivity to your dreams. Praise the Lord. So let's look at Psalms 126. So the Bible says, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord hath done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Praise the Lord. Just give us two seconds. When we look at this scripture, It stands out in a way, these are people who are kind of reflecting over a space of time in their lives. They have been through captivity. They have been through challenges. And then God turns the situation around. Say God turns the situation around. God turns the situation around. So when God turns the situation around, it is beyond their expectations. It is beyond what they imagined would happen. So it's like they're in a trance, they're dreaming. They don't understand what is going on. And something happens. Then 
was our mouth filled with laughter. When you begin to reflect over what God has done, and in the manner he has done it, he fills you with such joy because you cannot comprehend what has go happened. But all you know, things have turned around in your life. I believe in our midst, I don't know, you know yourself, individuals know themselves, you may have been experiencing tough times. People may be seeing smiles on your face, but probably what you've been going through has not been the best. But the truth of the matter is, God is turning the situation round for you. And in, on top of that is filling you with joy. If you go further, there is now praise because they are singing and celebrating. There's praise. There's a reason for you to praise God. But it's good for us also to understand that time that you are in captivity, what it does to you and how you should go through it. Because it is possible that you may not understand this is my time in captivity because it will not announce itself. But suddenly you'll find things are not moving in accordance with the way you expect, in accordance with the expectations. But that doesn't mean that God has forgotten about you. He is still God. He's still in control. And he's still watching. And sometimes I'll surprise you today. God is not troubled that you are going through that situation. God is not going to shake around and run pace around because his child is going through, because he knows you're going to overcome. Sometime back in my life, there's something that struck me so much. I know I've shared it before, but I feel like just injecting it at this point. There was a time I had never gone for an interview before. Never. So I didn't know what to do in an interview or what to expect. Many years ago. And then we were in a meeting at night, an overnight. And that thing had troubled my spirit. I had prayed over it and I couldn't just get over it. The mere feeling that I'm going to be sitting in front of a panel of people and they have got to determine my next step in my career. It didn't go well with me. But I thank God. In that meeting, a word of knowledge came out and said, Kenneth, you are going to succeed in your interview. Now, you can imagine how you can feel at that moment. Because why I know it was the word of knowledge from God, the person who spoke this word had never gone to school. Praise the Lord. He's not an Englishman, so you can't say this is his first language. No. He's from Uganda. He's now a mature man, but he was from Uganda. But he was in Kenya at that time. 
And I know because I was hosting him in my house. So I know his level of literacy. And when the word came out, he spoke in very fluent English. So I looked around and, and wondered what has happened with this man. Maybe he has been hearing everything I've been saying in the house. I wasn't gossiping about him anyway. <laughs> but I knew God had declared success is ahead. Praise the Lord. I got to understand that as you go through situations in life, God has already seen the end thereof. He has seen your success, so it's not troubled. I'll shortly prove to you that, because we have read this verse before, but probably we never saw it in that context. So when I went to this interview, I was told that People had told me, you answer questions and try not to show that you don't know. But on this day, I, I wondered, because they asked me a question that I didn't know. I didn't know how to pretend that I don't know. So I told this gentleman, this one, I'm sorry, I'm not, I don't know this one. And all the faces looked at me, it's like they were shocked because it's, they expect people in Kenya, we say kupambana. You struggle through situations and you wriggle yourself through situations. So it, it ended up in such a way that I left the place. I was relieved. I did not try to fake anything. I was relieved. And after some time later, I started coming to people of appointment. I had many. And I was wondering, God, is it because I said this? But after two weeks, my letter came. Praise the Lord. And I gave God glory. What had troubled me through that time? It was my moment of captivity. I was captive of my own feelings, my own experience, my own inadequacies. But God himself had set a time for me to be free from that moment. Maybe I'm sharing this experience with somebody who is troubled in our midst. It is not how much you know. I like Brother Jignesh. He usually says, when he's going for interview, he says, Lord, let them not ask me what I don't know. Praise the Lord. And for the interviews, for the testimonies that I had from him, he, he used to say positive things about the outcome. So don't be troubled of what is ahead. It is not, it is not, your remit for you to solve it. It is your duty to hand it over to God and let him sort it out for on your behalf. Trying to sort it out yourself is complicating matters. You are trying, you know, when water is clear in a pool and you stir it, it becomes muddy. You are muddying up the water. Let God, the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. So be still. It's as simple as that. Be still. Sometimes it looks foolish because people, the world, expects you to do something, to show that you are a man, you are in charge, you are in control. But how can you be in control of confusion? Leave it to God. 
let him sort it out. These are people in captivity and they come to a point where they realize that something has happened in their lives and it has changed them drastically. And that is why they are praising God. They are full of laughter. They are singing. And it has caused a star even in the people who don't know God. They are looking at them and saying, ah, the Lord has done something in the lives of these people. Let your miracle be a testimony to the world. Amen. Let people be moved and know that actually it is not the intelligence of this man that has sorted him out. It is God that has intervened. Praise the Lord. We're listening to a testimony on Tuesday and I, I was laughing. Somebody went for driving test and uh, to the best of his knowledge, he was making mistakes all through. And even the person who was supposed to award him the license also said, you've made this, this mistake, this mistake, this mistake, this mistake. So mistake, mistake, mistake equal to failure. But in this time, God's hand intervened. Mistake plus mistake plus mistake, license. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, I'm just sharing with you this so that you know, sometimes our human being, our human limit, limitations make us begin to see how the solution will come. But then you are narrowing the options for God and he doesn't like being narrowed. So he pulls out and you sort yourself with those limited solutions, which are always a disaster. Allow God to go forth. Captivity is not eternal. Let's look at some of the characteristics uh, that we see in a, a, a situation of captivity. One, there's a lot of restriction. When we are in a state of captivity, there's a lot of restriction. It may be from within or from without. Praise the Lord. There is a lot of restriction imposed by our captors or imposed by ourselves. One of the things that made me look at psychology in a different way was when somebody was teaching us something about uh, classical conditioning. Mm, classical, something like, if I made a mistake, please don't, don't punish me. Classical conditioning. I think it was Pavlo, Pavlov something with a dog. Okay, ring a bell, give it some food, comes. After some time, you ring a bell and start salivating because it knows this. It's time for, for food. And this Professor Igaga also told us, look at animals also. If you tie an animal in a place for a length of time, keeps rotating there, you put it there and, and tie it, it is most likely it will be roaming around the same, same radius. Why? It has now come to internalize that I'm here. This is my place. So the restriction that was imposed on it has now become a self-imposed restriction. Number two, there is a sense of bitterness, especially among human beings. Breeds bitterness and desire for revenge. Please, don't ever try to set Kenneth a captive. Praise the Lord. Because you will see another different part of him. 
I'm sharing with you about myself. Sometimes I find myself, you know, when that breathing becomes heavy. Some of you pretend you're very holy, eh? <laughs> Sometimes when I feel there's an injustice, I feel I should teach that person a lesson. I should show them that actually I know what I'm doing. I should put them in the right place. Sometimes I remember those days I used to do my guarding and boxing. Are you getting me? I feel like I should throw one and say hallelujah. But I realize it's all rubbish. She doesn't sort out things. There's always a desire in me. If I got the opportunity, I should also teach this person. Take them through the same mess they've taken me through. I know I'm speaking to you. You can pretend to be smiling, but you also feel the same. I know of women in my place when I was growing up, it was very fond of them to say, I can put, I can remove my Jesus and teach you a lesson. So to them, it was just a question of dressing. But I want to thank God. If you are a child of God, something happens in your spirit that despite what you're going through, you find there's an element of forgiveness that is coming out. You may boil, boil, but you find it comes down. But we shall see how that happens. Number three, it comes along with an element of uncertainty in the time of release. That is the most disturbing thing. If somebody told you he's going to lock you in this room for one week, as a human being, you have got the capacity of building up a defense mechanism or coping me mechanism and adjust yourself for the seven days. If he told you you are here for one year, after a few days, you can adjust to the reality that I'll be here for one year and it is over. But if somebody just locks you somewhere, it doesn't tell you when you're coming out and the conditions are not comfortable, it is a very disturbing experience. It, in itself, it works on you so, 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 so much. What about Christians? Sometimes we find ourselves in these situations and the trouble with us, we want to know when we are getting A out of it immediately. But we need to understand this God has got a very good training school. Praise the Lord. Let's just read Revelations 2, 8. Revelations 2, 8. You know when Pastor was taking us through the, the, the cell meetings, the churches, seven churches, there was one church, Smina. Revelations 2, 8, and the Bible says, and to the angel of the church of Smyrna, write, these things says the first and the last, who was dead and came to life. I know your works. Now, underline this. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, in bracket, but you are rich. Tell yourself I'm rich. I'm a victor. I like fighters. When you look at wrestling, somebody's down there, they're trying to count him out and he struggles. 
He tells himself, no, I'm not a loser. That's the spirit that Christians should have. When the devil is trying to crush you down, you say, no, I'm a victor. I'm a conqueror. I'm a winner. That's the attitude. Praise the Lord. So that's what Christ is telling us. I know your works, tribulation and poverty. But then again, he puts in bracket, but you are rich. You must speak to yourself. I'm a conqueror. I'm not poor. I'm rich. I am an overcomer. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Verse 10, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation how many days? How many days? But how long have you suffered? Maybe 20, maybe 50 days in your situation. The 10 days just tells you God knows the end of your trouble. He's saying, I know you'll suffer for 10 days. In essence, he's saying, I know what you're going through is but for a season. Maybe it is your first day. Maybe it is your fifth day. Maybe it's your ninth day. Maybe it's your tenth day. Encourage yourself in the Lord and know that he is in control. Let it be like one who is dreaming. Let celebration be in your spirit every hour because he is in control of the situation. God knows how long we are going to stay in that situation. God knows he cannot allow a situation to come your way that you have no capacity to cope with. He will always provide for a way out of it. I want you as a child of God, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you are experiencing in your life, remind yourself, the Lord cannot allow me to be here longer than I can cope with this situation. That is his determination. That is his resolve. He will not allow you to suffer beyond what you are able to cope with. But in every situation, he will create, provide an avenue for you to walk out of it. Praise the Lord. There will be deliverance in due course. There will be deliverance in due course. Praise the Lord. I had said there were a few things here, yes? When you know this, then there's the fourth thing, that there is hope now. This is the year of hope. Praise the Lord. Because probably what you are going to experience, you have never experienced it before. And God is preparing you for hope. Build your hope beyond what you see. There is a risk. The fifth thing, there is a risk that you can tolerate the situation to an extent you begin to accept it. That this is my portion. No, that ought not to be. Ask for God's portion for your life in that situation. Praise the Lord. Get to know what God's purpose is for your life. 
Don't just accept whatever you are going through that this is what God has decided. No. Genesis 37. Genesis 37. Now, this is a long story. The Bible dedicated several chapters to this gentleman, Joseph. We know his story. We know his story very well. But I'll be touching a few things. In 37, Joseph appears to have been a very well-behaved, very disciplined boy in the family. And he was a very honest person. You could not do anything wrong, and he lets you to go. And this landed, this landed him in problems. Because whenever he saw his stepbrother's mess, he would go back to the father and report. He didn't want to associate himself with hypocrisy. He didn't want to associate himself with lies. So he wanted to be a straight person. But it landed him into problem. So we know in Genesis 37, we begin to see the man being hated by his people. But there was the purpose of God upon his life. And I want us to share in this purpose of God for Joseph's life, because God has got a purpose for your life also. Praise the Lord. God has got a purpose for your life. Quickly, verse 5, and Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet more. So God gives him a dream. He says, this is what I want out of you, my son. At the end of the day, I'll be crowning you. But from that time, this man is seeing those dreams to the time he's crowned. It's about 17 year, year old. He goes up to around 30 year old. So that is a space of about 13 years in which the guy is going through terrible moments. Praise the Lord. So the 10 days for Joseph was about 13 years. Praise the Lord. The 10 days for Joseph was about 13 years. The Bible tells us, it's fast, you know the experiences. I know some of you are feeling I'm taking you back to my Friday school, but it's no problem. We will learn something from there. He goes, is thrown in the hole in that well. Form of captivity, suffering, at least cuttings on the body or whatever happened, is there. But this man, the spirit of God is upon him. We don't hear a record of him complaining. All we hear later on is the brothers complaining how he's, he was looking at them seeking for mercy when they were treating him through like that. But he didn't fight back. Joseph was sold to the Ishmaelites. He went. But I want us to go through that very quickly. All this time, he is not a free man. He's held. He's in captivity. Joseph is in captivity at this time. He reaches Potiphar's house. There is a temptation of the devil trying to make him and accept the situation as it is. He makes him the boss of the house. He makes him feel like he's the reason why the man is being blessed. There is a temptation for you to sit back and say, ah, 
It, it, this is better than what I was experiencing before. But God is not preparing you for half measure success. God is preparing you for full measure success. Praise the Lord. So God realizing Joseph was about to relapse into that situation and just say, I'm okay. I'm in the house of Abos. He allows a situation to come up that throws Joseph again to the prison. In the prison again, the devil wants to convince him his, things are not so bad because he's made the chief of the prisoners. Now, if you are made the head boy of prisoners, does it mean that you will be operating from outside the prison? You will be in the prison. So you are still a prisoner. Essentially, you are still a prisoner. You are still in captivity. But what we see in the scripture is that even in that situation, Joseph is being held there, but God is giving him favor to become, to rise, to show him this is not where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be somewhere better. And God gives him an opportunity. Quickly, we see something happening in Joseph's life as he goes on. But I want to imagine what was going on in the life of Joseph. Probably the element of bitterness would have been swelling up inside him and wondering if my brothers had only left me where I was, I wouldn't be going through this situation. And probably one of you is saying, if so-and-so had not done this to me, I wouldn't be going through this experience. But we want to see something very interesting in the life of Joseph. Joseph was not living in this dispensation. He was living in the Old Testament time. But God had revealed to him the power of forgiveness, the power of letting go that which he's going through. I don't know what you have in your heart as you go through your experiences in life, especially those that you know have been caused by people and more so people very close to you. Probably it swells so much in your heart and you feel this is the opportunity for me to hit back. And opportunities present themselves, but God requires of you to shed off that vengeful spirit, that spirit that desires to hit back, get rid of it, allow him to take control. It took the prison to take that spirit out of Joseph. It took the serving as a slave to take that vengeful spirit from him. And we see later on what is happening in his life and a demonstration of what God has achieved in preparing Joseph for the ideal solution in his life. So we also see a desire for him to be released when he's talking to the baker and also talking to the cup bearer. He has given them the interpretation of their dreams. Joseph tells the other one, remember me. There is a desire for him to come out of that situation, which is a beautiful thing because he knows I don't belong to this situation. Some of you have been in situations that are so tough that you are just, you are tending to accept them and to make them part of your life. And you see the world now has been through Corona and they're saying this is part of our life now. Praise the Lord. This is part of our life. We have just to live with it. And that's the kind of situation that most of us find ourselves. The enemy has tried to push us so much deny us the purpose of God in our lives. But then we reach a point, we say, oh, this is what we just have to live by. But I've come to tell you, God has not forgotten what he prepared you for. There is a destiny that he has for your life 
and that destiny requires your co cooperation for you to arrive there. Praise the Lord. Probably there was a desire for a chance of revenge, but that was not going to be acceptable for God's purpose to be achieved. And fast forward in Genesis 45, fast forward in Genesis 45, we see, then Joseph said to his brothers, verse 3, then Joseph said to his brothers, Does my father still, sorry, 45 says, now therefore be not grieved nor angry with yourselves. Uh, if we can start from three. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph, doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him. And they were troubled at, the, at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, come near to me, I pray you. And they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. Now, what is happening here, really, brethren? If, and thank God, God knew Joseph is different from Kenneth. Praise the Lord. Because if Kenneth was in that place, maybe he would be said, now I've got you. I've got you right where I want you to be. Now, these people are vulnerable. They are hungry, they don't have food. They have come. I am the boss. I determine whether they live or not. I determine whether they get food or not. And those are the situations that God finds, puts us sometimes. Just to see, have you shed out that unforgiveness from your heart completely? Are you as forgiving as your father in heaven? And I take you back. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. That's what we were sharing last week. If this man did not have that forgiving spirit, what would have happened? Throw these people into jail. Punish them. Throw them into the temple. But something had happened in Joseph's life over these 13 years. In captivity. It had changed. It was a heart of full of love. It was a heart that was forgiving. It was a heart that was ready to accommodate those who did bad to him. In fact, the Bible records he was shedding tears on seeing his, 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 his brothers. Despite the fact that they had messed him up previously, but he was shedding tears. He had missed them. He wanted them. He wanted to hug them. That's why he tells them, come near me. Come near me. Probably this is what is locking up your destiny. You have been so bitter for long. You've held on to a desire to hit back onto those that offended you in the days past. But for your dream to come to pass, it will require you to shed that out of your life. It will require you to make a deliberate decision. Don't wait until you are dragged through such moments such tough moments for you to learn that you need to forgive. Have yourself prepared to make amends. In fact, the Bible says elsewhere, if you are going to give your offering and you remember 
that somebody has something against you. Not you have something against him, but somebody has something against you. Leave your offering first, sort it out with that person, and then come back. Could that be explaining why our prayers are not answered? Could that be explaining why we are not making the next step in our lives? Just questions to think about and to reflect over your own life. Looking at Joseph's life, it appears God had made a complete turn in his life when his captivity was turned around. Praise the Lord. Even his heart was turned around. His attitude towards his captors turned around. So we see Joseph shedding tears, not of bitterness, but of joy. The dream is fulfilled. In fact, God allows this man to come so that it is clear to Joseph what you saw many years, 13 years ago in your dream and making it to become a reality now in your very presence. Praise the Lord. How many would like God to make their dreams a reality? You want to make God to make your dreams a reality? I know there's something that God spoke to you, some, something that God has been ushing, pushing you in that direction but probably you never know that that's what God wants you to do. But it can only come to be realized when we begin to address certain things in our lives that are in God from fulfilling that purpose in our lives. Praise the Lord. So what have we learned about this? Joseph had learned how to forgive. He demonstrated he was strong enough to those who wished him bad. God had given him that courage and boldness to make the first step towards those who had offended him. Joseph did not hear Jesus Christ preaching, but that had been downloaded in him. Eh? These days you talk of downloading. So it had been downloaded in him by divine means to know that it's important for you to forgive for you to realize. See, he, he didn't live after these teachings. He lived before. Allow God to minister to you. Many years ago, I told you this again, but I'll repeat for the sake of those who have forgotten. I took a loan and I wanted to do something. And so the first trip we supplied whatever we were selling and uh, the people who were buying said it is good, but we need big quantity. And since I was employed, I had engaged somebody who was doing it on my behalf. I was housing that person. So literally was living under my roof and doing everything, but then you know, the devil is very cunning. This person went the first trip. It looked promising. So we went for the second trip. I tried to make arrangements to make contacts here and there. And it looked bright. But this second trip, whatever profits he made, he went to dress himself nicely. He bought some cloth for himself. 
And he came and told me, you see, I, we made this, this. He, he accounted for the money, but then he told me, but I bought this and this and this for myself. And I said, my friend, we will buy these things. Let us first of all build a base. And that's the mistake I made because I was over trusting. I said, okay, let it pass. Let's go now. Let's begin to move venture here and there. But what happened later was so disappointing. He went and disappeared for good with whatever we had put there. I've never met him up to now. Maybe he sees me in town and disappears. I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And what happened is I was a very bitter man. One day I was searching in the room he used to use, and be, lo and behold, I got his O-level and A-level certificates there. And there was something that lit in my heart. Oh, you can tear these things and burn them now. You'll have dealt him a blow. I, I was now very troubled. I said, no, 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 that cannot happen. I kept them. But every time there was a desire for me to show, to hit back, I actually transferred with those certificates to another place. And the more I looked at them, the more I got troubled, the more I got disturbed, the more I lost peace in my, I was feeling like I was just burning inside. Either I go and destroy these things, or this man, I, if I had my hands on him, brethren, I'm saved now. I'm born again. <laughs> if I had laid my hands on him, I don't know what would have happened because it was disappointing. But it is until the Spirit of God spoke to me. I had to take my own money again, register those documents because the only person I knew was his father, where his father used to work. I registered those documents and mailed them to his father. Only then, I found peace in my heart. Praise the Lord. Sometimes what looks so difficult is what is going to set you free. It didn't take long after that. God opened a way for me to see shells, and then I am in Muscat now. Praise the Lord. I don't know where he's taking me again. <laughs> If there is anybody in, in you that have held uh, uh, a grudge, I, I want to repent immediately because I, I know that is my springing board somewhere else. Praise the Lord. Let us be forgiving. Let us not allow captivity to hold us because there is a dream that God has laid in our hearts. Praise the Lord. And that will be great for us. I want to pray that God Almighty will always be gracious to all of us as we stay and identify that this is not the place where we are meant to be. We need to go on to a new ground. And it doesn't matter what it takes. We must shed it off our lives and reach that ground. Hannah in 1 Samuel was troubled by the people who were laughing at her. Now, the problem of Hannah was even more complicated you know, if somebody laughs at you because you slept hungry, you can wake up one day and say, now I'm going to, to do any job to get some food. If somebody laughs at you because you have not succeeded academically, 
you can go back to school no matter how old you are. The president of Liberia now, George Ware, the first time he went to contest for presidency, he was contesting against a World Bank economist, I think, that self, that lady, she had been working in the world, UN. So now this somebody who has been working in the world United Nations, and this somebody who has never gone far in school, is a footballer. So people were laughing at him. They said, no, we cannot, we cannot do that. They elected the lady. But George Ware went back to college and studied. He was old, but he studied. He got a degree now. And he came back and he became the president. Praise the Lord. But the problem of Anna could not be solved in that way. It required God himself to intervene. Praise the Lord. So she had to shed tears to remove all the bitterness for the people who had been laughing at her through prayer. She was always praying in Shiloh. You'll have your Shiloh moment. Praise the Lord. You must choose your Shiloh moment that you want to shed off everything and allow God to intervene. And she told God, if you give me a son. So she had the pleasure of making a choice of what she really wanted. Praise the Lord. The three Hebrew boys told the king they were being thrown in the tunnel, but they said, we will not take care. That's Daniel 3. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, verse 16, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you on this, in this matter. If that, is the if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fairy furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. You must make a resolve in your captivity that you want to stand with God. This young man, not once, this is the second time it is being resolved in their lives. They are not ready to compromise. So the things that the devil is trying to tie you down with, you must say no to the devil and say, I want to come out of my captivity and realize the full dream of God in my life. Praise the Lord. Make a decision and it will be well with you. Make a decision and it will be well with you. God is ready to pronounce to you your victory and your 10 days will be over, as he has said. Your 10 days may not be real 10 days, maybe years, maybe weeks, but that is what God has purposed, that it will not be forever that you'll continue suffering in that position. He has a way for you out. Let's stand up and pray.